0: The pandemic was a stress test for many of us. But here's one financial instrument that can help. OctaFX. OctaFX is a reliable global trading platform with over seven years of experience. It helps Forex traders make the most profitable and efficient trading decisions. Today, they have more than three and a half million open trading accounts and 100 countries covered. If you're new to trading, OctaFX provides a free Forex basic course, free webinars, and also sends weekly and monthly reports so that you're always aware of market news. Download the OctaFX trading app from the description and get $5,000 in your demo account just for practice. You can practice until you feel ready to switch to a real account. Check the caption to find out more and use your promo code VUSI100 to double your first-time deposits for more efficient trading.
1: Hello, VUSI. My name is Aliu. I'm from uh, Guinea and I live in New York City. I started following you and uh, listening to your podcast this year and I must say it's been a game changer for me I I'm realizing now something that is happening in my life that was kind of obvious but I never noticed it thank you so much for your help thank you so much for your inspiration you you, you are some type of model for me Uh, because I often look up to people that is kind of contributing positively into the world so you are that person for me and as for your last podcast regrets I just finished listening to it and uh, I believe it will be very very helpful for me because I have some type of uh, social anxiety that's I often think about something I did or said or missed in the past that I really want to change or I regret doing it or saying it even though it's, it doesn't matter anyway, because it's in the past, it's kind of like, it's not important anymore, but it's very, very stressful for me. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you so much for your inspiration. I really appreciate it.
2: Hello, family, and welcome to another episode of the VT podcast. That was Louis, who comes from West Africa, beautiful country called Guinea and now finds himself on the eastern end of the United States in New York City. This is what I love about this podcast, right? is it's like here's how I feel. There's certainly podcasts out there that have a far bigger audience than we do. And I've got to tell you guys, that's never been the ambition for us as a team. It's never been about how do we get trend on Twitter or how do we get a million likes or a million people listening to the podcast. It has been about, how do we build an, a community of iconoclast? How do we build a small, functional, robust, and rich community of people who break down deep, deeply cherished beliefs, who dare to think differently, and who want more out of life? So I've got to tell you, I get so excited when we hear these testimonials coming from all of you iconoclasts and underdogs from all over the world. This is literally why the name of my consulting firm is called Iconoclasts. That was a Louis from Guinea, and he's now in New York City. If you've never been to Guinea, by the way, I can't recommend it enough. I went to Guinea Conakry some years ago, and it was a transformational experience. No doubt the country is challenged, but the people, the richness of the humanity, what we here in Africa call Ubuntu, is just so evident to see. Not only that, but you would also know that over the past week or so, I had the amazing opportunity to be in a full-hour discussion with the yogi guru, Satguru. Did you know that just within 24 hours of that episode airing on YouTube, we hit 100,000 views? Like, look, I mean, I've got a couple of videos on YouTube that are over a million views, but I've never had a video do over 100,000 views in less than 24 hours. And we did it. Now, this is not about me, but it is about Satguru. First, to him and his institute, I can't thank you enough for that, uh, that conversation. By the way, for those of you wondering, we're continuing to do other work behind the scenes. I've done his engineering program, and I've got a, several other things I'm doing with the institute. So keep a watch out for that. I would love to bring more of his wisdoms to you guys as my audience, but I can't recommend that conversation enough. Go on YouTube, search Vosi or or Satguru, S A D. H-G-U-R-U, and watch that conversation. Let me put it to you this way. I was in the conversation. I've watched it two times after that. And there's still things I'm hearing him say for the first time. Wisdom is just such an incredible gift in the age of today. So I'd love to recommend that you go and watch that episode. As I said, there's also a couple of other episodes and videos of mine that have now gone over a million views. I did a TED Talk in Namibia, I think just over three or four years ago, where the lady who's just taken over, in fact, is the managing director, the country managing director for our Namibia office. She's also the executive and head of our education and incubator accelerator business. Leilani ran that TED. In fact, that's how her and I met thing about relationships, right, is give them time, nurture them, invest in them, and they come back to you richly fold. So, she's just taken over of my growth fund in Namibia as the country MD. But four years ago, was was it five years ago, she had me in a TED Talk over there. And that TED Talk has just done 1.1 million views. There are a couple of other videos of mine that are there. My Tom Bilyeu interview with Tom Bilyeu and Impact Theory is just on over 600,000 views. Now, I know that it might seem a contradiction for me to say, we're not really worried about the numbers and then throw these numbers at you. But I think the reason it's important is because one of the things about my brand that I've been very cognizant of is that I am not a popularity appeal brand. I've never tried to be. I've never tried to be the brand that is accepted by everybody. It's just not my nature. Frankly, it's not authentic to who I am. My brand is an engagement brand. And so I'm very happy having a smaller community of deeply engaged, highly insightful, very analytical people who are asking important questions about the times in which we live. That, for me, that search for meaning, for a life of passion, of impact. That search for human beings' most prized possession, wisdom, that for me, that's what this is all about. So, Alu, and everybody in the community who continues to send us those testimonials, this is me saying thank you. In this week's podcast, I want to talk about the cab rank rule. The cab rank rule. Very, uh, not really known to a lot of people who don't operate, particularly in the legal fraternity. But the cab rank rule is this. It says in English law, according to Wikipedia, and other countries which then adopted the rule, particularly those that were part of the Commonwealth. The cab rank rule is the obligation of a barrister to accept any work listen to this, any work in a field in which they profess themselves to be competent to practice. In other words, the barrister can't discriminate on the work they receive. They're obligated to receive or accept any work at a court at which they normally appear and at the usual rate. So for those of us in particular in moral societies who, who often make moral judgments about, um, whether or not we feel somebody is guilty. It's often one of the things a lot of societies battle with when they find a lawyer defending, for instance, a perpetrator of a heinous act. Say, for instance, somebody who, you know, was a pedophile and abused children or, or, or a serial rapist, right? Often when we find people in the practice of law who defend those people to their utmost level skill and competence, we question their moral obligation or rather their moral compass. What we forget... Is that even in the justice of law the system of justice as we have it they those who are accused are presumed innocent until guilt is proven and the only way to truly test that is to give them the most competent person in the practice of that law the rule derives its name from the tradition by which a hackney carriage Hackney, the place, or Hackney carriage driver, at the head of a queue, what we call queue marshals, a taxicab, is obliged to take the first passenger arriving to take a ride. So, why am I discussing the cab rank rule with you?
0: Our partner in today's episode is OctaFX, a global trading platform. Taking risks is a part of life, but understanding risk is what can lead to success. That's why OctaFX believes you should know the basics of risk management. Because there's a lot of misinformation out there, people need to be guided by reliable sources. They need to understand who they can trust. To combat this, OctaFX consistently conducts webinars, sends letters with important news, reports, and also offers a free course. By downloading the OctaFX trading app, you can also open a demo account and get $5,000 to practice to understand which strategy suits you and how you feel about the market. And you can practice until you're sure you can move on to a real account. Check out the caption to learn more. And now back to Vusi's podcast, Ideas That Matter. See, society
2: often questions whether the cab rank rule remains a necessary and proportionate measure at a bar in modern societies. The reason I'm discussing the cab rank rule with you is the following. It is to say that I sometimes think that a lot of us bring into spaces where there isn't a requirement for personal moral judgment Moral judgment. You're operating in an environment that doesn't require of you a moral judgment, but you're using moral judgments in that environment every single day. And the reason that is, the environment doesn't require a moral judgment of you. It's not because the environment is amoral, quite the contrary. It is precisely because the environment is moral that it seeks for you as the individual to suspend your own individual biases. It says you have to suspend your own individual moral compass in the adjustment of societal norms and for the betterment of society so that society can advance its mature moral standard. And it's not just in law. It it actually permeates several areas of, of, of of our societies. It permeates several areas of our lives. This idea that you have to suspend your own individual moral judgment for the practice of the moral standards of society, so that everybody, even those who don't deserve it, get a moral treatment. You see, society can only say of itself to truly be an integrated, wholesome, moral society if it affords moral judgment, even to those who don't deserve it. And that's the contradiction, right? The contradiction is that we build moral societies and we say to people, these are the confines, the rules, the laws, the regulations by which you have to conduct yourself. And if you don't, there'll be punitive measures. Yet, the only way we know that those punitive measures can be just is if we afford to those people the very same moral obligations and moral opportunities that they themselves are accused of breaking. That is the cab rank rule. And I think if you look at your life every single day, you'll find places and spaces where the cab rank rule is resident. And there are a few. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody who mistreated you? Could be a friendship, and the person who you thought was a friend either lied about you, betrayed your trust in any way, acted in a manner that you felt was lower than your own individual moral standard. You, you the individual, you still have the obligation to treat them with the highest level of morality why because how they treated you is a reflection of who they are how you treat them is a reflection of who you are and i think today we live in the societies right all over the world where we treat people the way they treat us that's what we say you know don't come for me girl because if, if you come for me and you go low girl i'm willing to go to hell right that's what we say in our societies that if you come for me I'll come for you. What does Jay, What does Drake say? You know, if you GPS me, I'll come address you, right? But the point about it is that we, as a society, still have the obligation to act in a moral manner, even to those amongst us who are the least moral. Here is what is bittersweet about this. It's this. It's that at the outset, typically those who are the least moral Look like they're getting away with a lot. They often do. Think about corrupt politicians or dictators all over the world. Because society affords them moral judgment, they look like they're getting away with an awful lot because they enjoy the benefits of their wayward ways, their benefits of their inaptitude, their benefits of their sordid corruption up front. And society has to go through this long, drawn-out process of bringing them to a system of moral justice. And so up front, it looks like they're benefiting. But the question you have to ask yourself, and this is the reason I wanted to talk about the cab rank rule, the real question you have to ask yourself is, what game are you playing? See, if you're playing the today game, the now game, the this moment game, the this trend game, then winning now is important. But if you are playing the infinity game, as Simon Sinek calls it, if you're playing the forever game, if you're playing the life game, if you're playing the life of meaning, purpose game, if you're playing the wisdom game, then the moral judgment route is the way to go. And here's why. Because of all the things God has given us, and whichever God or deity you believe in, time has been his most precious invention. Quite simply, because time is the single greatest equalizer of all things. Think about children growing up. Children growing up from infancy all the way into, you know, being a young child and then a teenager and then adulthood go through different stages of development but they develop nonetheless. So the next-door neighbor's child might learn colors before yours does, but yours might learn numbers before the next-door neighbor's child does. What happens over time is that both children will learn colors and numbers. Time, time actually, is the single greatest equalizer of all things. Now, I bring this conversation to you in particular this week, to say the following. I'm almost certain that you're at a place in your life right now where you are having to make very deep moral judgments. Moral judgments about your life, about your career, about your business, about your, your religion, about your love life, about your physical health. You're having to make very deep moral decisions. And what I would like for you to do is to remember the following. Throw time at the problem and let time mature you into making the right moral judgment. Second, make the decision that through the outset, and not only through the outset, but also through the outplay of time, will leave you better in time. Than you are today. In the age of Instagram and social media and the instant access to information, it takes an awful lot of moral judgment to see things for what they are, to see things for their meaning in time and not just this moment. So if you apply the Cabrank rule, what that means is there are decisions you are going to have to make now you don't like. There's work you might have to accept you don't necessarily want to. There are friendships you might have to walk away from, or you'd prefer not to right now, or some friendships you have to endure, just because over time, things will equalize themselves out. And so, what I hope for you this week, as you go forward in this quest and search for life of purpose and meaning, is to remember the Cabrank rule. That is our podcast this week. This is me, Vusi Tembegwai, coming in from our studios at Sound & Sounds in Joburg. Sayonara. This podcast was proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound & Sounds Media. To partner with us, visit mygrowthfund.co.za or email info at mygrowthfund.co.za